Yes, hello. I am James Bonus. Today is a WNR468. It's NXT update roadblock. I'm not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by our resident NXT expert and New Japan deity. It is, of course, Monty. How's it going, man? I'm doing good. I'm ready uh, to talk about these, not only this batch of shows, but man, it's, it's getting that, it's that time of year. We're on the the road to WrestleMania, and if we all know if we're going to WrestleMania, Stand and Deliver is also uh, a destination towards the end of that road. So I, I'm just I'm excited, man. It's that time of year. So I'm expecting NXT to uh, put on some of their best shows leading up to this point. That uh, Well, we've got five episodes of NXT, Food and Roadblock. But we're going to start with a little bit of news and mm-hmm. departures to start us off. Uh, because Sarai is leaving, or Sarai is leaving WWE and returning to Japan. Uh, she will be leaving WWE after her contract expires, and she will hold a press conference on March 13th to announce her resumption of a wrestling career in Japan. She signed with WWE right. back in 2020, and of course, with delayed due to COVID, made her debut on March 17th, 2021, defeating Zoe Stark. The following year, when it became 2.0, she was given the gimmick. Officially transferred from the schoolgirl to a more glamorous appearance. Uh, and after making a couple of appearances in the UK last summer, a final match was used against Maddie Rose on the August 2nd episode. Right. NXT, she hasn't appeared on TV since. And it's another problem because there's so many wrestlers, you kind of forget and you go, Yeah, we haven't seen them in a while. And it is a bit of a shame. Yeah, it's so many. That's the thing. So many different talents that I can just think of, not only in the women's division, but uh, the men's division too in NXT to where you saw them prominently for a while there and then it just they disappear for uh, weeks at a time. You never know when someone is going to pop back up. Maybe it's an injury or something like that. So uh, it, it was kind of shocking to see this because again, I thought she had, I thought WWE so far hadn't really gave her much to work with, even though I know she definitely needed, she still had some, you know, to get some seasoning as I like to put it into the WWE system. I understand everyone goes through that process, but uh, it's crazy to me how time flies that that contract is already up now or it's about to be up. And uh, and it, it just shows you how much of a, a big deal, by the way, for her to be back in Japan, not only with the press conference. They do that a lot of times, like uh, just like when uh, the young, just young, younger stardom wrestler who just 25 did a big press tour run that she's retiring. So, uh, they, they it's just kind of fun, funny when you think about that how they do, it, especially if you think about how we probably view so uh, Ray after her time in NXT. But yeah, I just think it was kind of a, a missed opportunity. It's kind of one of those situations where I guess you would assume since WWE had, has had success with the Oscars and the EOs, uh, you know, in these spots, and uh, of course the Kyrie saying that you just assume that when they sign another one, another person that they thought highly of from Japan in the women's division that you could see big things. And I, I definitely saw the potential in ring, but they obviously did not know how to package uh, Saray at all. And who knows what other type of barriers that, that uh, there was, uh, you know, like, like you said, the pandemic, like it's just a lot of things that was going on. A lot of, we didn't even, they didn't even know NXT's direction. Like, honestly, uh, it's crazy. Like that character they developed was during that 2.0 period. Who know? who knows? what she would have became, you know, if she, you know, could have got a longer leash in this NXT period or even in the black and gold period before 
you know, the pandemic and all of that stuff. So, again, it's just kind of a shame when you think about it because I did see potential there. But at the same time, uh, I wish her the best. I, I think, obviously, we know not, not only just like with Mercedes Monet situation, but just in general, stardom and wrestling, Joshi wrestling in Japan, TJPW, I, I can go down the list. Joshi wrestling in Japan is some of the best wrestling in the world, so I know she'll still be doing her thing and probably will be happier in at, in her home country. But it, again, it is a shame in my opinion, because, uh, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, it don't work out the way you think it will when you uh, see a signee or you see someone debut in NXT. Yeah, you're right about that, like you said. Uh, but let's hope it's not the end, obviously, like I said, I've heard. Hopefully right. we'll see right. more of her uh, as well. Then another thing as well, <laughs> talk about crazy but true. Uh, Roderick Strong, we talk about contracts at NXT and this. Roderick Strong has been at NXT longer than WWE's <laughs> Nitro's entire existence. I saw this. <laughs> The other day, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. WWE Nitro, 1995, <laughs> Strong has been in NXT 2016 to 2023. Still <laughs> it, it shows you, as time goes on, it's crazy to look back and think that is the same time. How is that even possible? Yeah, it, it makes you. It just also makes you feel aged, I think, too, because, like you said, it's just amazing how time flies. Like I, I still remember fresh when Roger Strong was still in the, the uh, you know, uh, at the beginning of his run in NXT, was still kind of neglecting the obvious that he would probably end up joining the Undisputed Era before he even got in there. So I still remember that run of Roddy at the beginning of his NXT run, and don't, don't get me started on his time before WWE, so to think about how long it's actually been, and the fact, like you mentioned, the fact that he's still listed uh, on the active NXT roster after all this time, it, it, it's, it's, it's just crazy, man. It's a crazy stat, but like you said, crazy but true. And I, I don't know, man. It, it's just one of those things. It does make me wonder, you know, it, will he ever get a shot <laughs> you know, like in the main, on the main roster, like would they even consider it? You know, now you know he's been in NXT for so long. Would his run, will his run, it likely end up to where he just kind of gets cut or whatever happens before he ever gets that opportunity, or will he, you know, get a match here or there? Who knows? You know what I'm saying? It's like so up in the air when it comes to his future. But man, what a stat that is! Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, another thing I've been really impressed with this year and the news coming out of it is WWE's pay-per-view schedule. Now we've been talking about it since Triple H kind of took over from SummerSlam. And now we kind of know what's going to happen post WrestleMania as well, because the King of the Ring is back as a standalone premium live event for the first time in two decades. And of course, where it will be called WWE King and Queen of the Ring it will take place live from Saudi Arabia in May. One of the next Saudi show would be but another announcement as well is uh the fact that backlash will take place in puerto rico uh this year for the first time so uh, pay-per-view's been there since january 2005 where it was new year's revolution it will be hosted by bad bunny so again and then we know the next show after that presumably will be money in the bank which i think is the first of july uh 
day in, in the SummerSlam. So it means that these premium live events will actually have a meaning and a hot crowd to them, especially in Puerto Rico, you know. Oh, you know, it's going to be insane. And then, like, Bad Bunny hosting, I can only imagine what they'll what they'll get him to do, what who he'll be involved with. It really doesn't matter because the people are going to go insane either way because he's just, he's huge. Like, he's huge around the world, honestly. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a completely different vibe if you get him in Puerto Rico. And I can already just see, you know, uh, I don't, you know, I can already just see again. King and Queen of the Ring, awesome idea, by the way. To do it, also, another thing, I don't know if you noticed, but to do it in Saudi Arabia, just like the last time they went to Saudi Arabia, he's immediately, uh, since taking over, kind of started to make these Saudi Arabia shows feel like something you have to see. You know, instead of it being like what it was, because honestly, if they didn't start adding adding meaning to those shows, I think we all was going to just ride out the rest of the Saudi contract barely watching or caring about it because, you know, for a stage there, it just felt like house show, a house show in Saudi Arabia, pretty much. So to have King of the Arena, to have some stakes, even if it is still kind of is a house show in another country, it'll still, like you said, have something for uh, us to pull from the show and actually have meaning to it. And then, you know, again, doing, doing, uh, I, I was so amazed that they decided to do a show in Puerto Rico. I'm very, like I said, it's been a long time. Hell, I didn't even know they did New Year's Revolution there at the time. So it's just really, really cool to uh, think about, uh, you know, all the creative things that not only the Triple H is doing, but like you said, just the whole entire feel of each event. You can just already imagine how huge a lot of these shows will be. Uh, where, and, you know, this is a very worldwide schedule, too, you see, you know, obviously, you know, with money in the bank included. So. I, I I love everything about it too. Like the announcements really have you excited. And if we continue to get the uh the another thing too, the structure of these shows. We know that you know they may not be too long, but they're gonna be paced rather well. They're gonna have five to six really, really strong matches that make sense for the card. So everything about premium live events. I mean, why do you think it seems like every re- live event we review for the uh for the main roster, they seem to be breaking records. <laughs> Every single time. So they're on a roll, and I just hope that that continues on throughout this year. Yeah, I think without a shadow of a doubt, like I said, really, really been enjoyable so far. So we've already had Rumble, you know, like I said, and uh, also Montreal as well. And we're heading to WrestleMania. Uh, we move on and we talk about Honor Club because Tony Khan revealed that Honor Club for Ring of Honor has 12,000 subscribers, which he said was good. Sweet. Uh, (laughs) again this is an argument I mean I don't want to say we're bigger than Ring of Honor but apparently we can now because uh, we've we've had more listeners uh, and more subscribers and followers that's good I suppose but uh, if Tony's happy I guess some people are happy yeah and and like you said there's a section of fans out there that are already Excited and tuning in every Thursday for those uh, Ring of Honor events. I'm not on the Honor Club. I used to be. Have not resubscribed or whatever for this. Um, I, I figured that any important things that I need to seek out, it'll find its way to me. And so far, it already has. <laughs> but uh, again, uh, I, I I do think again uh, the Ring of Honor brand having its own spotlight is gonna do AEW 
a positive. Now, can Tony or whoever is controlling, like, can he delegate and let Ring of Honor be its own thing, or just, or is it just gonna turn into, you know, uh, AEW Dark with Ring of Honor plastered everywhere? Like, it's, it's still, you know, you have, you have to figure that out. But you know, with the involvement of New Japan talent, like we, we already talked about, Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, defending his belt there, and uh, you know, all the many different uh, talent that's been in Ring of Honor, in and out of that roster. Uh, I think it has a chance to, to be something, but you know it's gonna ha- it's gonna take time. So we just have to give it a chance and figure it out. Ring of Honor has diehard fans that are gonna stick by it no matter what. So uh, we just have to see how everything plays out. But you know, again, that's not the number that I I don't think as much. He, even though he says that's good, that's probably, that's definitely <laughs> not the number that Tony wants. You know that, right? Like I think we all know. But again, it's a good first step when you're reviving a brand that was basically this time last year was gone or a couple of years ago. It was, it was they were shutting their door. So, what do you, do you think um, next UK and Strong two programs that obviously I used to mm-hmm. watch that have been cancelled for a better word had better ratings than that, or do you think they? they you know, it's weird to think, isn't it? You know, because if they had. They surely had more than that. That's what you would have, right? I would assume, especially like NXT UK, uh, especially with the UK audience, would it be in time? Like, I don't know about the American audience because of the fact that the shows were like two in the two in the afternoon, three in the afternoon. So, you know, but I'm assuming, right? <laughs> it had to be way more than that. Even Impact at its worst, right, is doing a little bit better than those numbers. Uh, you would assume, but. Oh, you know, who knows? Who knows, man? Who knows? Well, you mentioned Impact, and I will okay. say that uh, <laughs> this is from a couple of weeks ago. Impact had 92,000 viewers. See? Yeah. TV. So 92,000. But even MLW's Underground, yeah, uh, which was on Reels, had 73,000. So, Ooh. again, I haven't got NWA. Uh, obviously, yeah. we know with the WWE shows a little bit more but mm-hmm. they're all fighting for the same audience exactly like who has point. the free time in between the, the non-television because like you're right if you're on NWA and you're on YouTube you're fighting with the same subscription audience for all of these other you know multiple GCW all these other brands so like you mentioned uh, it's, 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 it's going to be rough and like I feel like the 12,000 are a lot of those diehard and I think Another problem they have is because of how much Ring of Honor was still plastered all over AEW television, people do not know exactly what to expect from this new version of Ring of Honor. Like, is it really Ring of Honor? It's something that some people are definitely going to wonder before they invest in. Yeah, that's true. Well, it'd be interesting to see what happens with that. But like I said, we're going to focus on NXT right now with five episodes. We're going to get straight into it February 7th. Uh, Carmella Hayes and Trip Williams bask in the glory of the win over Apollo Cruz as Hayes turned to the future. And Bron Baker, JD McDonough came out to challenge him, setting up a match for later. Zoe Stark beats Aruka after Stark tried to take some more cheap shots, walked right into the salt snatcher. Karen James and Fallon Hen argued backstage until they ran into a surprise party celebrating their championship win. Pretty deadly, got to an argument with Chase U during the party, though. Uh, Grayson Waller was shown complaint to Shawn Michaels lead to suspension. Tyler Bate challenged Waller to a match next week when the suspension is lifted. 
Devocato run through Dante Chen. He, uh, Isla Dorm beat Tate Paxley, where we saw Catella's chance and Caden Carter interrupted Boxer Perez. Junior interview talked the champion about a lack of friends. Later, Perez announced she would face off against Chance and Carter were a partner. Miko sat more next week. Uh, Carmelo versus JD. They traded big shots in the match, but it's a surprise the turn of Ia Dragunov that made the difference. The distraction allowed Melo to steal a pinfall win. Lyra Valkyrie ran over Valentina Farad with ease. Lopez gave Farad brass knuckles shoes, but she hesitated to allow Valkyrie to pick up the win with a roundhouse kick. Stax beat Odyssey Jones. Uh, pretty deadly. Yes, boy versus Chase U. Pretty deadly came out depressed and dishevelled, barely able to pull out their signature. <laughs> no, boy. However, they found the confidence. Nixon, he worked in sync. Three hour run with Palace Captain Afterwards, Galsy was on the stage to stare down pretty deadly. Poor pretty deadly. Bro, a depressed pretty deadly is sad, but a hilarious sight to see. <laughs> I just love how at the beginning, before they kind of had the light bulb moments where they were going to finally get their confidence back, I just love at the beginning that they were just like, well, I, I don't know which one, but he did. A, they they were trying to work at the beginning. He was just like, ah, what's the point? What's the point? Just, just He crossed his arms and just sat on the back like he wasn't going to do anything. He was just like, this is priceless. But, yeah, I mean, it was still ended up being an entertaining match. Like, I think we know Pretty Deadly's formula uh, really works. And with a tease for Gallus versus Pretty Deadly, uh, I think we're both down for that. So, yeah, this is this all this all worked pretty well, even if uh, I definitely got a chuckle out of seeing uh, a depressed, disheveled Pretty Deadly. <laughs> then we had Dig Dong Hello featuring JC Jane, Gigi Dolan. Uh, Bailey put over Gigi and JC as two of her favourites. She worked hard to sell Toxic Traction, staying together. How old the role model could not pull it off as Jane superkicked Dolan and sent her into the set door. I mean, it's not really the barber shop, but again, this is the end of Toxic Attraction, Monty. Yeah, man, what a run it is. The end. It also it kind of made me wonder, you know, with the execution of it, I was like, who would have. Well, I mean, I, I assume Mandy would have turned on one of them first or, you know, uh, would have swayed maybe JC, I guess, is the way I'm looking at it. Like, would this would have played out kind of like if, if Mandy was still around? It definitely kind of made me think about that. But at the same time, to, to focus on these two, the execution of this, obviously, we all saw the influences. We know exactly what this was. Uh, and... Like you said, I will say this, the, the stomp on the door may not have been a barbershop window, but that stomp, it was, man, well, how brutal. I saw that one spot, by the way, just the stomp on her face. <laughs> like, that was replayed probably for weeks, but I definitely know throughout that week after the show, I just kept seeing uh, poor Gigi just getting kicked, like, on the loop. <laughs> uh, and then I saw the photo after that of her face at the time and how it looked. And it, it was really, 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 uh, you know, it definitely had the effect I think they were going for. Uh, and like you said, this is the end. This, it was official at this moment. And like I said, what a run they had, especially as a tag team. Like, I know the tag division wasn't ever always, wasn't really ever filled out. I mean, it's better than what it's being on these batch of episodes. But, you know, they really carried this division, especially that division. 
with the tag titles, and then we know what Mandy did. So it, it was a special time, but, you know, 2.0 is over. Mandy's gone now. It was definitely time to put that nail in Toxic Attraction. Coffee. Yeah, they will be missed. February 14th, Grayson Waller walked into this match. Arrogant, even cocky, and it cost him against Tyler Bate. Yeah, they're quite an impressive back-and-forth contest. Bate reversed the pin into one of his own for a free count. Waller got into Shawn Michaels' face afterwards at the British position until Shawn Michaels told production to go to commercial. Imagine having that power, Monty, to just be like, Abba! <laughs> <laughs> right, cut, cut, cut the commercial. Yeah. Cut the Anytime you're having an argument, you just be like, nope, yeah. nope, nope, we're done. Yep, yep. <laughs> Pause. No, just play. Uh, also, I want to say, by the way, I, when, they, when, when they do these matches, when there's a guy I have not seen fight, a guy already high holding high value, I gotta go ahead and just give him props. Waller fit in, you know, in this match. So I thought this was obviously it would be good with bait involved, but yeah, man, shout out to Waller. Yeah, fair play to him. JC Jane said Toxic Traction is done, and she's now the only star. She showed the footage of her attack and reveled in Gigi's pain. She said her former friend doesn't mean anything to her, and she instead focused on her own success going forward. Schism made sure Fia Hale could not get on a game in a match versus Tiffany Stratton. That made her easy pickings for TS, who put away with uh, Roland Farman's carry slam into a moonsault. Javier Barnell asked Tate Paxton Arvinal to be his Harvey time. Instead, he got choked out by Niall. Isla Dornet on them both from a nearby speaker. Axton beat Damon Kemp in another quick but good match. Ron Baker wanted to talk about the future of NXT title. But Jinder Mahal with Indusher interrupted. The modern day Maharaja challenged him to put the title on the line and plant the seed of doubt about the crowd's love for him. Speaking of love, Chan stacks Lorenzo <laughs> and Tony D's romance continues, but Dijak interrupted them. Uh, von Wagner attacked and actually got a shot of Wesley for the NXT North American Championship. And Lee put him down with his own Cadillac, uh, cardiac kick. And Robert Stone wants more. Uh, again, not bad. But then Henley finally broke down after when Jensen told him about James. This is, again, a lot of stuff I'm going to skim over. This. She found yeah, that so proper. Oh, my God. It's just, and I don't like him. You know, at least be likable. That's what I say. Uh, yeah. found out that Zach was the brother. But Jensen did not get the kiss. But who cared? Who cared? Uh, yeah. <laughs> our boy Hank Luther with blue singlet and boots came up short to Charlie Dempsey tapping out. While the match maybe wasn't that interesting, what was was Dempsey leaving with Drew Gulak after. Yeah. So are we finally seeing that? What we wanted to talk about for a little while. Right, it took it took him a while to get there. I don't know why it took so long for for him to throw Hank aside. I think it was obvious. That this one thing we learned from this little story is that Gulak and Dempsey are, you know, two cut from the same cloth. That's pretty much the only thing he reinforced, you know, this, through this entire time. So I think we all knew the Hank relationship was temporary. Uh, but at least he stayed long enough to get some gear out the deal. That's probably what he's waiting for. Um, and the main event, to turn the chance, Caden Carter versus Roxanne Perez and Mika Satmora. Final boss hit a Pele kick, set up the progeny for Pop Rocks to win. 
afterwards, Samoa challenged Perez for the NC Women's Championship. And of course, approachably gladly accepted, considering it an honour. It is great to see Miko back. And like I said, it's exciting to see the youngest versus at Roblox. 100%. You know, I'm, I, hell, I, miss, I probably definitely, as a matter of fact, I definitely lost uh, points in, uh, in the Royal Rumble because I was hoping to see Mako a lot sooner. So I'm glad whatever visa, whatever travel issues that were going on, I'm glad that that's over with. I mean, we saw Dragunov come back, so it makes sense. So happy that we could get Mako back too. And you're 100% right to see, uh, not only uh, to see the youngest versus the oldest, but to also see uh, or to get ready to see what would change from their first encounter, because I remember enjoying that match a, a, a lot and seeing what would be different now that Roxy is champion. So, yeah, uh, you're 100% right. This was uh, definitely a big thumbs up for me. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. We move on February 21st, and I can't remember an opponent uh, or someone facing off against EA Dragunov that was as happy as Trick Williams before the match. It's like <laughs> Trick didn't know what it was all about. He was brought back down to earth, but looked great in defeat, though. You know, and I think Trick... Is By far improving. his best performance. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he looked great. Like, I don't know if... It, I, I know we like dragging off matches, but I, this is one time where I don't think... Where you can... Well, I can't say... That he, I mean, he definitely got cared because he's dragging off. But what I'm trying to say is that he didn't just rely on dragging off. He, like you said, you can see that he's been working hard and he's definitely improved, man. It was definitely a good opener. Like, as as much like think about where Trick was a couple like months, six, eight months ago when we watched him try to wrestle, you know, alone or whatever, and, and how he looked here against dragging off, night and day. Yeah, well, that and Mubini as well. Book properly would be forced to be reckoned with. Of course, JD would done a joint commentary to watch as well. And Perez joined Miko Satmore's training class. Was anyone left standing after the warm up? Perez held on and Satmore told her the heart was more important than strength. And again, I hope it's one of these things where they, when they were doing it, go, right, Perez, right now, 95, 96, 97, rather than start from what happens to do it all. But again, I thought it was very well put together and it shows that a horse rocks has got the heart. All I know is there's no way I'm making it past the warm up. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh tripping, especially with some of those numbers. The th- not the thousand squats, because I, I I mean that's bad, but like I've heard wrestlers talk about that. But I don't know. It, it's funny. It was people bowing out at like 40 push-ups. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't want anything to do with that, Michael. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. made it up as like one million and two. One million. For, no, it's too many. It's too many days. Go, 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 put it back. Unbelievable. Uh, and if it didn't feel like an episode of NXT UK, Tyler Bate was out next. He told the NXT Universe he was ready to begin the next stage of his journey. But Joe Gacy interrupted. The schism surrounded the ring, but Chase Shoot made the save. How ran? Let's get some then beat chase you. Uh, then we see Jason Jane versus Indy Hartwell. Jane took over the contest, landed a kick on Indy Wrestling. Gigi Jones struck, attacked former friend and sent uh, running. We see Drew Gulak put over Charlie Dempsey, the right kind of performer to succeed in WWE, unlike Hank. Gallus beat Sanofi and Manic Blade. Two mystery men arrived with anniversary cake for Gallus 
Uh, it looked like the two-year anniversary of losing to Pretty Deadly. Yes, boy. And then Pretty Deadly attacked and looked like killers, taking out Gallus from chairs and stairs. And this is what I love about Pretty Deadly. They have got a serious start. I think this is a good showcase of, like, it's a perfect segment to talk about the bo- to both sides of them, you know? Because, again, at first, when I saw the two, you know, cake delivery guys, I was just like, oh, okay, this is kind of... I mean, as much as I thought it was petty, but cool that they remember it. <laughs> it was a two-year anniversary that they beat them. I did think that the, the, this was like, okay, this is a joke. All right, so what, what's the what's the punchline here? And, it, you know, it was fine. But then once you get the actual attack, and like you said, you see that mean streak, that's what makes Pretty Deadly so freaking, like, good. The fact that they can be in both lanes. They can be, they can, oh, hell, every lane, honestly, they can be taken seriously as champions. They can be on the chase. They can be, you know, jokes. You know, however you want to look at it, they seem to be a very well-rounded tandem when it comes to how they're portrayed. And I think this segment is a perfect example of that. Yeah, well, you think about since, you know, like losing the titles to a new day, yeah. And they're kind of, we've seen them hit rock bottom. We've seen right. them in every single, you know, like cowering. And yeah. Yeah, trying to help out. Um, speaking of explaining, Dabo Kato explained why he attacked Apollo Crews, blaming him for getting left behind when Crews headed to NXT. Yeah, you left me Makes on it. the main roster. Yeah, <laughs> damn you. <laughs> yeah, you know I needed this track, this extra track. I want to go back to developmental. Right. That's where I belong. And you left me up there alone. <laughs> Have you seen me wrestle? You knew. Right. <laughs> no, but again, like I said, it made, made enough sense. Yeah, it made enough sense for me. Yeah. Stevie Turner talked about the character background of Liar Valkyrie. Uh, again, Good to do. Von W lost to Tony D. What are they gonna uh, do with her streaming? By the way, I just <laughs> you think are, is this ever gonna go anywhere? Or is it just gonna be irrelevant to her wrestling? Like what? I, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Keep going. Stevie's gonna be one of those who goes to the main roster, and um, out of all the the ones they pick, and will go, <laughs> "How the fuck has she gone from NXT UK to NXT to like SmackDown, and we still don't right. get it? Like, <laughs> we still don't get her at all." <laughs> She's women, two times SmackDown Women's Champion. I still don't understand her at all. <laughs> Happened. Uh, but Tony D challenged Dijak to a jailhouse street fight at Roblox. Alba Fire beat Ivy Nile. Ivy Nile, man. What has she done to piss off management? I just don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wesley announced another open challenge next week. And the main event, Ron Breaker pertains to the main event versus Jinder Mahal. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Again, Ron Breaker beating another guy and a former WWE champion still. But I don't know. I'm just a bit over it. Yeah, I did like the storytelling of them kind of like explaining Braun slipped at this point last year. So I, I, this was like a test of where how far he's come as champion now. So I, I did enjoy that. But yeah, I was I was in the same boat as you. It didn't matter how much those fans in Florida or whatever, who those few fans who hate Braun enough to cheer for gender, it didn't matter how much of that, that was going on that was going to convince me that gender was going to win in this situation. 
And I wasn't really worried about Braun losing at all, so that kind of takes away from it too. But it was still a, a showcase of Braun's pride against the former champion. So I, I understand it wasn't bad to me, but it just also wasn't anything of note for me to work, you know, to take to invest in. Other than the fact that, you know, again, uh, the internet was giving Braun a hard time from that segment you talked about earlier, where the fans in the NXT seem to be not receiving him well. And I'm just going to be honest with you. Let's, let's, let's be, let's just break it down. Uh, the run at, at the longer a run like he is can go and he just keeps overcoming everything. It can get a little bit stale and he certain things about him. I don't think Braun is that generic. I actually kind of, I actually like Braun's work, you know, I, but he's obviously still have a, has a long way to go to be where I think some, where he's probably headed, you know, but you know, he does the spears of finisher. Like everything about it is just like, oh, this is the generic strong man, baby. He has he has wrestling in his blood. Like everything about it is just <laughs> generic what WWE wants. So you kind of want to see does do do Braun have another gear that that makes him unique and makes him different? So I can understand that, but I don't think he's a bad world champion, and I don't think this was a bad match. And we'll move on to our. Uh... Penultimate episode, February 28th, NXT North American Championship, Wesley versus, well, a brawl broke out to start the show in the back with so many hope to get a title shot. Dabakata almost made it until Polar Cruz <laughs> cut him off, allowing Nathan Frazier to dump in, jump in. This was Frazier's first televised match since October. He got welcome back, Chan. But I think we mentioned it as well, like, in a private chat between us. Like, how old is Nathan Fraser now? <laughs> like, how long was he away? <laughs> <laughs> right. They explained it. It was just since October. But I was like, no, it's been like three years the way he's the queen on the island somewhere. Right. So, <laughs> like, yes, he was just lost. You remember the, it was a TV show that used to come on just called Lost. And that's what he started to look at, look like, some of those people. But, yeah, exactly. It's... Like, yeah, the beard, the new look, the new gear, everything about it was so fresh. He just seemed like a brand new person almost uh, when you finally see him. But it was definitely still great to see him because he's one of those. It's just like we mentioned earlier with Saray. It's so much cool young talent. That even if it wasn't from NXT UK or even if they're from just from the uh, 2.0, whatever, whatever era of NXT, there's so many of them that's been in and out, kind of like a revolving door. That you just, like you said, you almost forget that it's been however many months since Nathan Frazier was on TV. So it's still great to see him. Yeah. And as I said, the match itself was great. Wesley with his yeah. open challenges uh, have been really put <sighs> He's knocking him out of the park, man. Yeah. And again. Like, <laughs> it was special. Like, I well, knew like it would uh, be because they they have the potential. Like, they're, they're just so great. They're great athletes. But I honestly wanted them to go another 15 minutes. Like, <laughs> or something. Like, I could, I could watch that even longer and I also want to add this tidbit it has nothing to do with the match I felt like everyone who was not who was too busy fighting someone instead of running <laughs> to the ring <laughs> all of you are idiots that's all I gotta say I just that's it that's, that's, it. A, that's, a, that's an excellent point <laughs> you know or take a different entrance right know, like it's the out. other way use the you know come through the crowd like whatever <laughs> Like it's so many better options than fighting through a log jam of, of other dudes. <laughs> JD Madonna warns Ear Dragonoff that he would pay for injuring him. An eye for an eye, if you will. 
in this show, beat Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen. Uh, brothers, uh, they said in the would finish this feud at Robot with the <laughs> Creed brothers. Julian Damon Kemp for help. I mean, how bad is it that he has to ask Damon Kemp after a thing? <laughs> they got short memories, haven't they, man? Nice. Right, I could not believe they couldn't find some generic baby face who wasn't busy. <laughs> Anybody else to ask would have made more. But that that shows you, it's like, it, it made me wonder. It's like, Dynamite really must not be that light. <laughs> that if that's the case, damn, nobody wanted to team up with him, so they had to go back to him? And they had the nerve to think that he would say yes? <laughs> well, let's nah. not forget that um, the Undisputed never got their own hospital. So they could have gone ah. to see Strong, you know, who's probably still in the hospital bed I assume, with Carla Riley next Such door. a great, great shout. <laughs> and again, Bobby Fish just watching it on TV and going, what about me? No one, no one thinks about me. <laughs> I'm available. <laughs> but then, just by happenstance, Rob Breaker was there. It's like, yeah, man, straight away, I fight. And they all go like, ooh, 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 and you go, fucking Americans. That's the problem. <laughs> That is the problem. Just happy go lucky right into a fight. No problem. <laughs> Barking the metal. <laughs> oh, goodness. Anyway, the NXT car park paints another victim in Windy Chew. When will people fucking learn, eh? Do not go to that car park. What is wrong with Yeah, leave the lot. Like, I don't, I don't know how you're going to get to work, but... <laughs> I don't know what you need to do, but yeah, avoid the line at all costs at this point. Especially if you're a woman right now. They seem to have a have oh, a thing. They have oh. a they have a type right now. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't want to give spoilers, but later on when I saw the ambulance in the car park, I expected it to blow up. Because that's <laughs> exactly That's the way it's been. Uh GG Dolan about to put the final nail in the coffin of toxic attraction. After comparing J.C. James Patel to abuse, she faced at the hands of her mother. Yeah, that's going to... Uh, uh, next week. Right. Very passionate, <laughs> though. Very passionate. Yes. Yeah. I, don't get me wrong. Very, very nice. It passion. Not, not, not what she's saying. <laughs> not, not to abuse. Let's, let's not abuse. <laughs> we hope Gigi can have a strong singles run and maybe some counseling. Uh, Duke Hudson. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Duke Hudson apologised to Fia Home for the late start. The skiz interrupted, and that was scared to shit at me on that video. Man, he's like, hey, I'm chasing you. Know, I'm just like, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> like, at my tripping balls right now. What is going on? Exactly. <laughs> so, where the fuck is this live feed? Uh, anyway, we see Sean Michaels agreed to meet Grayson Waller next week on the Grayson Waller effect. Waller later asked if he would speak to the Stooge or the competitor. Miko Satamore beat Zoe Stark in a good match. Zoe gets better every week. And if w- what we heard there as well, she's uh, taken part in the house show. It shows she's got a bright future. And again, Monty, it's developmental, but she is getting better every week. Oh, yeah. And I think in the ring, she's one of the best, if not, you know, the best that, that the women's division in NXT has to offer, man. And the only thing she would even remotely have to work on, not to, like you said, even in that regard, I think she's improved leaps and bounds, would be like character and promos. But I think 
like I said, she's improved in that retrospect also. So it was great to see her take a shot at the final balls, being there with one of the best. Like you said, she's already possibly already could be on that call up or uh, getting that call up soon. She appeared in the Royal Rumble, lasted longer than anyone of the uh, any of the other NXT people that I remember being in it. So, yeah, man, uh, this was this was really good. Like, I, like you said, good stuff. And I, I agree. This is the same thing I mentioned with Waller earlier. I thought Stark fit right in in this one, too. So, yeah, she's definitely got big things on the horizon. And I, I think she can be a champion. Now, you know, I, I, even if whether it's in NXT or, like you said, on the main roster, I think she definitely can be a single champion. And when you're keeping pace, uh, like you said, with someone like Miko, you know that you kind of got it as well. Uh, Perez joined commentary ahead of that match and faced off a like, challenger afterwards. So Ruka beat Electra Lopez. And again, this is another thing about NXT. So Ruka now just gained experience through the matches uh, where it will be the same match with Electra Lopez she keeps having. <laughs> but didn't matter because Lopez pushed Perez until she decked her with the brass. So a little bit of development there. Can you understand any of what Mark Coffey and Wolfgang are saying? Because I, I can speak Scottish. Luckily, my dad is Scottish, so I can understand it. But some of the words they're using... Some I'm of it. Something. He's like, hey, see you, pal. I'll fucking chill on your passion. I'll fucking chill on your See you. Fucking... Uh, That's literally... <laughs> Um, we're gonna get a face off. No, no comment. No, I can say it. I'm allowed. I'm allowed. Yeah, you can say it. No comment for me. <laughs> but yeah, it's true. Okay. But it's true. Yeah. Tiffany Stratton uh, versus Katana Chance. So we thought Katana Chance, Caden Cart were gonna go hill, but no, they're pivoting back to bland faces, I suppose. Alba Fire and Isla Dawn made a surprise appearance. It distracted Chance. Stratton took advantage of her. Cam, uh, fireman's carry into a moonsault win. Got to think of a better name for that. And the standard laid out a challenge afterwards. The NXT Women's Champion. So we know we've got Stand and Deliver coming up. We know we've got Nico versus Roxanne. Tiffany Stratton, is she the right woman maybe to uh, go to Stand and Deliver and face uh, the Women's Champion? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, like, I, I, I've told you, I definitely think she was next up. Uh, as far as like her development, I can see the potential to be a star. And honestly, she can definitely be that great foil, to, you know, the kind of way that we have a Melo and Braun thing. You can definitely see her with her youth and her athleticism being kind of like the answer to what Roxanne has going on in the women's division. So long term, I definitely can see this working out. Uh, I don't know. I didn't know if uh, if it was the timing was right at right now. But I'm not opposed to it because I think she by right now she seems to be the strongest singles uh, women's wrestler that that's been on television besides maybe a Soul Ruka and I think we both know Soul Ruka is not quite ready for that spot yet. So yeah, I think uh, I think Tiffany Stratton makes sense here. Yeah, and then we get Axim versus Hank Walker. Axim was working at a higher level than his competitor, putting away with a Golden Ratio. Superhero showed respect to our boy Walker afterwards. Because again, this is helping him. I don't know how he can show emotion when he's wearing a mask. And he even did it in the backstage segment, setting this up. 
and even like the chops and stuff. And the fans are connected I agree. with him. How how is it working? <laughs> how much for yeah. is is aged? It's just I, I I I agree 100. I think that's the focus right there. It just it, it really puts on display just how good he really is. And like you know we talked about it. Even some of those points. I think even in NXT UK we can admit his probably his not his strong suit was maybe some of the character elements or some, was the promo. But like you mentioned, other this axiom, I don't know if the confidence of the mask has improved him. Uh, when it comes to his believability in the lines that he's given or anything like that. But I, like you said, he's, he's been amazing. And you're right. The crowd actually care about this character, even if the name was kind of clunky at first or the, the origin of what this is all about with him, with the numbers was kind of, you know, muffled. He, as a talent, has been so talented and so great at what he's been doing that, like you said, he's pretty much, this is the perfect example of what WWE wants us all to believe when they give someone a horrible name or something like. It's not. It's not about the the gimmick. It's about the talent. You know, that's the stuff they love to, to try to preach. This is a perfect example of them being right, I guess. But just take a look how good the talent has to be. Scripts is looking on and going, "You motherfucker!" How, how, yeah. <laughs> Like, how the hell are you doing this? <laughs> but also, did you know, and again, I don't know if it was what I was smoking or not, but I swear to God, after this match, there was a masked man in the background. Did you notice the masked yeah, man in the background? I, see, was there? I was so confused. I didn't know if that was an extra. Was I supposed to see that? Like, that was that just like, because he disappeared when the shot yeah. went back yeah. there. So I was like, was I supposed to see that? Was that just like a... What was that? So, yeah, I did notice Good. it. Oh. <laughs> oh, that was lucky. <laughs> We're not tripping. We're not tripping. Good, yeah. <laughs> and then the, main, then the main event, Kamala Hayes versus Tyler Bate. And Hayes took the best move from his ass to take down Bate. But it was a time distraction from Trick Williams that saved him. Yes, Bate pulled a McIntyre. Yeah, big strong boy, Mr. Corkscrew sent on. And Hayes responded with Codebreaker and a diving axe kick because Melo don't miss. Hayes looked to the camera after, made it clear he was the only man left standing to challenge Breaker at stand and deliver. And Monty, you're right, Melo is the guy in NXT. Uh, it's great to see these two clash. Well, they are two of the best doing it. And what's even better, I feel, is the fact that we followed these since they've started. You know, we talk about Hayes up tournament. We talk about Bay in UK tournament back in 2017. Mm-hmm. It's just a shame. That Tyler Bates theme is dog shit. <laughs> I wish they just kept the original Mustache Mountain song. Like, he deserved to keep it, you know? Especially if they were going to part ways with Trent anyway. Uh, but we can go on forever about the, the, the NXT UK changing song and, you know, whatever, God. in general. But, yeah, man, this was just all about sitting back and enjoying for me, man. Two of, and by the way, like you mentioned all that, we've been here from day one for both guys, but they're still two of the youngest and brightest stars <laughs> in the game. Like, Melo's one year older than me at 28, and you have, you know, Bate, who's still younger than me at 26. My God, yeah, Bate. Forever, right? He's been doing this forever, but he's 26. So, like, we could be seeing – I think that's what kind of had me so excited about – 
the result, like even though this wasn't for a championship, I think we can definitely see this in the future. If it's not for the NXT championship or other championships down the line, you can still see stuff like this for the next five to 10 years with the potential that these guys have. So yeah, man, this was incredible action. And I think me and you both kind of figured what this would be, but just sitting back and enjoying and just watching them, watching this slug face, even with tricks involvement, I thought this was really, really good, but I'm I'm definitely down for them to do this again in the future. Yeah. And another thing I liked as well is the fact that Commander Hayes, since, you know, losing the North American title, has ticked off a list of people that Bron Breaker has defended the title against. Right. You know, you know, I've noticed J- that too. With JD, Tyler Bay, of course, you know, um, even like Apollo Crews been kind of being the one there. And like you said, there is nothing left now uh, for those two men. And there's nothing left for us apart from the final episode, which, of course, is Roadblock. And Tiffany Stratton takes a seat backstage. She says she's ready. Welcome us to Tiffany's Epiphanies. You do not know how much I like that. That for me is money. <laughs> <laughs> right. I also love when she used it in her catchphrase. Like well, when she told Nikita, I have an epiphany. Why don't you disappear for NXT for a year? Like, poof, be gone. I'm just like, ah, oh, that was so good. That was so good. She's she's great. Like I said, I love yeah. what she's doing right now. Well, she says she can't believe we're 25 days away from stand and deliver, but several superstars have roadblocks on their journey. She hypes up tonight's matches, confirms the NXT Women's title will be the main event. She goes on to say it's not about the journey, it's about the destination. And we start off with Tony D versus Dijak in the jailhouse street fight. The only way to win is to lock your opponent in a jail cell set up at ringside. Uh, this, like the whole story, has been about how much Channing Stacks ta- Lorenzo loves Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this, this match was just he stacks turned into a Looney Tunes character. Just <laughs> I can't think. He was just getting tossed around, <laughs> kicked, beat up. It was yeah. That's it a painful just... love he was fighting for there. It's eyes popping out when he's getting squashed by the cage. <laughs> Flattened, you know, gets up, he's just like completely thin. Um, we see though, thanks to his commitment to Tony D, Tony D using a crowbar to stun Dijak and lock him in a cell for the win. I mean, Dijak's on a losing trip, but some of the bumps he takes are incredible. There was what I mean, the table off the top rope, and I think just like another over the top rope dive. You think that man is like, how tall is he? <laughs> Shit like that. Yeah, man, he's insane. And I finally figured out Dijak's character. I think he's like the Terminator mixed with Big Boss Man. Anyway, <laughs> spe- specifically, he's going to walk out with a nightstick. I'm sorry. He didn't even use, didn't even use the damn nightstick now that I think about it. All right, anyway, that's besides the point. Uh, on it. He landed on it once. All right. Yeah, he, la- on. yeah, he <laughs> landed on it, and then we never used. It. We never just like, yeah, no, forget that. That thing hurt. I'm not <laughs> messing with that. <laughs> Maybe he landed on it incorrectly, and that's why we never saw it again. Like, yeah, he's like, nah, uh, uh-uh, we ain't using that. Thing. <laughs> the stacks to but, for later. Yeah, stacks was right. like Tony. <laughs> <laughs> right, we can use this. Uh, but yeah, man. Uh, 
I thought this. I thought Nijak brought the best out of Tony D, though. And like you said, the the Looney Tunes is a great analogy for what was going on with Stacks. But it was still fun. Like that's the one thing I thought of this. I thought this is a really fun, hardcore street fight, you know, brawl type of match. Dijak's matches always seem to be awesome, really, and especially when you give them time and you know something that you can uh, invest in. Uh, but it's a shame he's still a loser. Like I, I love Dijak, but he's a loser. He's an entertaining ass loser. That's what he is right now. A big entertaining uh-huh. loser. Uh, but this is still a good way to kick off the show, and like you said, at least at least with the storytelling of just how much like family first, family first, whatever you know, whatever. I guess that's the story. So I, you know, at least they stuck with it and told a pretty good story. But yeah, man, it's a shame, man. Dodger came out. I mean, I guess you do come down so you can put over younger talent. But I thought this was gonna be you know something for him to get restarted. <laughs> but seems like he's helping out. Either way, it goes. Great I, to I, see him on our television, though. Yeah, right. Uh, and I think Dijak, when he got told he was going back to NXT, he's going, it's not going to be like last time when I kept losing all the big matches. No! <laughs> no, no, not at all. No way. No, we would jump you out. Uh, no love story has been stronger than Tony D and Stax in recent years. Yeah, Roxanne, Kiana and what old boy tried, but they're, they're failing miserably. Yeah, fuck that noise. <laughs> I said, this is... This is Macho Man Miss Elizabeth WrestleMania 7. This is, <laughs> this is the moment in history that we'll remember. And recent memory, you know, stuff like that. Uh, anyway, Roxanne interviewed. She knows this is the first title defense, but it's the biggest. She needs to walk in the standard deliver as champion. But if that's not pressure enough, she has to be a living legend tonight. She will be bigger than a title win. Precious, anxious, nervous. Heart is beating out of her chest, but she's ready. We'll leave anything, everything in the ring, keep the title. And that's why Roxanne is one of the best in the world. You know, she can make us feel sorry for her even if she gets in the ring. Yeah, even as champion, like a lot of times I think what happens to certain baby faces, they, as the stronger their reign getting, we'll, we'll have to test it out the longer her reign goes. But the longer it goes, the longer it stretch out. Any sympathy you have for them started to leave out. But she is so good in that underdog role or in that, you know, battling from underneath type of situation that, like you said, it doesn't even matter that she's the champion and probably should be a little bit more confident. She really, like you said, invokes the emotion of, no, you know, she makes you believe. And, again, that's something that to be that young and already good at hooking people, yeah, man, she's she's a star. Yeah, like I said, with NXT as well, sometimes, and you know, we've been doing this a while. There's some stuff that is better than others, and the way to survive it is to grab onto the stuff that is good. And like I said, with Roxanne and exactly. other things like this at the moment. Uh, another good thing as well, Vic Joseph said the two biggest teams and best tag teams in NXT were Gallus and Pretty Deadly. Yes, boy. UK represented the game. <laughs> I'll just say that we took over quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I think that just shows you what NXT 2.0 tag division. <laughs> hey, no, just show you how good NXT UK was. Okay, Come yeah, on, no, man, no, man. Yeah, yeah, look at it You look at yeah. it that way. I'm gonna shit on the young guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we saw the two teams. The charismatic Brits, <laughs> as they were, uh, with some kind of banter between the two teams. 
And then, of course, Pretty Deadly hit the ring real briefly and bowed to the floor. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm never going to complain about seeing Pretty Deadly. But just give us, like, Wolfgang versus Kit or something like that. Give us a singles match. And you can still have the brawl afterwards or the DQ finish. And it just advances it a little bit more, you know? I, I agree. I agree 100%. You know, uh, giving them that spot. Uh, also, that this, this promo in particular definitely drew me more, drew more attention to what you were talking about earlier <laughs> to me with Gallon. Because I forgot what phrase it was they were trying to say, but I rewinded it three times to figure out what Wolfgang <laughs> said. And I still have no Yeah, food. Egypt. English, you know? Oh, Egypt. Yeah, it was Egypt. I said, oh, I, 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 I had to rewrite that a couple of times. Egypt. I like it, though. I like it. It's new. I, I, feel, I felt a little bit more cultured after that, but <laughs> I did. <laughs> but like you said, to give them uh, a talking segment, honestly, at this point, like, I, we, it feels like, honestly, this segment just feels like, ah, right, let's continue to stoke the fire because obviously this is the only match that we're going to make for the tag titles. At least that's what it feels like. <laughs> And they're just they're just egging us along until we get these twenty five days over with, and they finally yeah. have the yeah. match. So I agree one hundred percent. Like we probably would have done better with just an actual match, you know. Instead, because unfortunately, too, we love both of these teams, but that crowd down there did not give a damn about this promo like that. So I, I, I hate to say, I hate to hear that and see that, but yeah, I agree one hundred percent with what you said. It's the only chart where the what chant is actually used correctly. When it comes to Wolfgang in the promo. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not being rude again. What, no, what again. did he say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a liar of Valkyrie cut a promo on Mika Satamora, a potential rekindling rivalry, this time for the NXT Women's Championship at stake. Should she defeat Roxanne later? Ilya Dragunov says the eyes are the window to the soul, but JD has no soul. He says he discovers happiness by inflicting anguish. Enjoyment for him comes in the form of snapping men's bones and breaking their spirits. Dragon Officer JD will never break his will because the Tsar is Uni Zigba. Again, this is, for me, I love it because I've got the connection with both. I can't wait to see the match, but this makes sense because with everybody else, this is building up towards a match now and explaining things. <laughs> very, very simple. We, we should try that. <laughs> right, right. Keep it simple. Like sometimes, sometimes it's just as simple as fighting someone, they hurt you, and now it's personal. Sometimes it just be that simple. We don't, you don't need love triangles. No, <laughs> we don't need that. We see Dragon Lee sitting at ringside. I bet he was disappointed it wasn't a takeover. Wasn't it? <laughs> he? My <laughs> <Bad> boy. <laughs> Oh, we had a step down. The Creed brothers teamed with Bron Breaker yeah, to take on Indusher, which is the Hall, Veer, and Sanger. Uh, this wasn't too bad to begin with, and it's crazy how good the Creed brothers with Bron looked. All in their blue singlets. It's like a Vincent Man wet dream, wasn't it, you know? Uh, <laughs> but unfortunately, the action broke down. There was one point where Bron and I think Judas just fell off the apron for no reason. And of course, Veer Sanger weren't there to help either. But Brutus took the air and wiped out Veer for the win. Um, but it is a future, isn't it? You know, but I still miss Sanger's old gimmick of the understanding giant. And we need to see that again. <laughs> right. Yeah, man. 
Indy share still. I don't know if I would say green, but like, they definitely still have some clunkiness uh, going on. In, but I did like some of the combinations in this match. Like you said, the Crease and Breaker just had great moments. The dives, the explosiveness that all of them possess. You're 100% right. Vince or whoever definitely <laughs> was just having wet dreams about that visual with those guys, those athletes. But yeah, man, it was solid enough overall to me. And you're right. That was one of the most unique things <laughs> that Sanga had going for him. And, you know, to be basically going backwards in time. Because that's not, right, we've watched NXT long enough. We know this is not in New Shears first <laughs> run <laughs> at this. So, you know, we've seen this before. At least the, the other stuff Sanga had going on was unique. So I understand what you're saying. But again, wasn't bad considering everybody involved. And then the egotistical Grayson Waller did their thinking this power to go to Shawn Michael. Michaels. I can't believe I've got that name wrong. In a match. Who's that man? Shawn Michael. Never heard of him before. <laughs> uh, yeah. So ran down the brand. Shawn Michaels voted his career. And discussed the fact. The thing I liked about it was like, you know, he's running down Shawn, calling him old, you know, broken down. And the one thing he's like, NXT's not as good. And Michael's like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't care. <laughs> can talk shit about me all you want <laughs> and other people better people than you have you know but don't talk about NXT don't talk about 2.0 I'll slap you and it might look like Michaels were going to accept a race of one yeah, we didn't want Shawn Michaels and AJ AJ Styles at Wrestlemania we wanted Grace and one you know that's the thing but Michaels said no there is a man though who wants nothing more than beat Waller in Los Angeles and he bleeds NXT <laughs> it was Johnny Gagano and do you know what I had tears in my eyes seeing Johnny Gagano back home because don't forget Waller the one who sent Johnny packing originally and he was back um, this for me though felt a bit long but the payoff was worth it I agree it definitely was a, a little too lengthy. Uh, I think, honestly, my whole thing with the Waller HBK stuff, I was waiting for what the end game was because it was go- it took a lot to even halfway convince me that Sean would come out of retirement for this. So, uh, although I did like a lot of the antics and a lot of the stuff that Waller said, uh, you know, again, the payoff, like you said, was definitely with the reveal of Gargano being, you know, he is the great, pretty much he was the greatest NXT superstar of all time. The only other person I could even think of when he said bleed NXT was his partner. <laughs> it was Chompa, his ex-partner, <laughs> I mean. So I was thinking, wait, wait, Chompa's going to be coming back here? Like, before he returns on the main roster? Like, but, no, but again, seeing Gargano was a great nod. It was a, uh, it, and like you said, I actually, I watch a lot of these NXTs with you. I guess it's been one too many because I even I forgot about the fact that <laughs> Waller was the reason that Gargano was gone. And you know what? Now that segment is even better to me because Gargano was so pissed. And I thought, man, I was like, man, Gargano really is mad at him for shooting on NXT. <laughs> but now with your context, I get it even more. So this is a thumbs up. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. When it pays off like that, it does make a bit of sense. You could argue, oh, Johnny's not going to be in the WrestleMania card, but if he's not going to be, then a match at Stand and Deliver. And like you said, you know, Johnny Gagano in NXT, 
is what how people well how I look at him is how people look at Kenny Omega in New Japan. You know, I think that would be a fair kind of thing because Gagano. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think so too. I think that's a great, great, great knock. Well, we get Gigi Dolan versus JC What was billed as a grub match closely resembled a straightforward wrestling bout. You do not know how much this annoyed me <laughs> with Dolan fought from underneath. True. Defeated Jane from out of nowhere. Jane attacked. Well, Vic Joseph then goes, Dolan hammered the phone or never into toxic attraction. Nope. Jane attacked like, Dolan no. afterwards. <laughs> no, she did. <laughs> He's stomping on her head, trapped her in a steel chair. I mean, sometimes a no DQ match straight away, you know? Right. Like, she already kicked her head through the door. <laughs> like, <laughs> do we really need a straightforward one-on-one match? Especially if it was going to be like this, because it was physical. It was a brawl at times, but surprisingly short, like you mentioned. And like you said, definitely way more of a straightforward match than you would expect when they were, especially with the stuff they were saying to each other and the history there. But the finish was sudden, too, even though I do like the finish move. Uh, but, yeah, JC attacking GG confirms that they're going to fight again and the story continues. So I just have to wait to see how that turn out. But I, I I agree with you. Like the way that the the heat that they already had, I would probably prefer if they just went balls to the wall straight to from the beginning. But you know who knows? Maybe this will stretch on and we'll get actually get two women's matches on the stand of the little card. Who knows? Or you know it'll end before that. So we'll see. Yeah, without a doubt, NXT champion from Breaker wasted a little time calling out Carmella Hayes. Two men acknowledge the fact that their paths have intersected, and it's time for them to have a one-on-one showdown at Stand and Deliver. It may be a subdued promo, and Hayes was very kind of, you know, agreeing with Bron. It was kind of the most face we've maybe seen below. And even talk about mm-hmm. the meeting they had with Shawn Michaels at Triple H and saying, you two are going to be the guys 18 months ago. And it's true, because you look at Bron Breaker, he's been in the NXT title picture since day one. And Hayes, again, North American champion as the A-champ. And now it makes perfect sense. And this is a match that you've been speaking about for about, oh God, six months, maybe even longer. Yeah, and I think that's what I like the most about, like you said, it was a subdued. It wasn't really as much like hatred or heat there, but I, what the story they did tell definitely got, got me more excited about this because, uh, you know, like you mentioned, we all see, you can all see it. Before we even knew, get got that little peek behind the curtain that it was a meeting about, you can all just... All these episodes we've reviewed, you can tell that it was the shows were seeming to be more and more about Carmelo Hayes and like Braun Breaker at the, in the main event. And I love that they mentioned that they always kept an eye on each other and like the respectful way that this seemed to be going right now. It, it wasn't really what I was expecting. Another thing I noticed, no trick. Like it was just mellow, no trick. It was man to man. It was just like. Real, like, it really felt like this is going to be, like, the clash for, for the next era or who is the best of this era of NXT. And I just like it. It's simple storytelling. And I'm pretty sure that hopefully they add even more layers to make it even better on over these next few weeks. But, yeah, man, it was simple. It was to the point. And I, I, I actually enjoyed it, even though it wasn't like, like you said, you know, one of those. It wasn't like Danielson and MJL. A couple of weeks back, you know, I know that was way more, a little bit way more personal, but and sometimes you can prefer that style, but sometimes it's just as simple as we're the two best guys here. Let's let's lock horns and see who's the best out of us two. So yeah, yeah man, I, I, 
it just actually did a great job of getting me ready to look forward to their encounter. This is the thing, and again, it's WrestleMania season. We all look at WrestleMania 17 as arguably the greatest WrestleMania of all time. It boiled down to The Rock and Austin. And Austin saying, I have to be champion to prove that I'm the best there is. You saying you are right. the best, you know, and it's Ron will give everything. Ron has been the dominant force, but Melo don't miss. And if you can build it up in that way of saying, like I said, these are the two best, not of just the NXT 2.8 era, but maybe of this generation. And you think about what they're going to accomplish in the next, you know, five or 10 years. Mm-hmm. And this matchup falls down to can they get it done? We all know the result we won. But again, it's going to be fun getting there. And do you feel Bello is going to have the crowd behind him more in the build-up and to get the match as well? You know, because that's where it's going. I was about to say, that's definitely the direction he's going, you know. Brian Breaker seems to be in that kind of John Cena gray area where it's like he definitely got some people still barking and supporting Brian, but there's also, uh, uh, also a lot of people who you know, or who don't, but they're also more so when you hit those mellow chants, it seems like it's everyone. So it's like even the fans know that it feels like it's his time. So, yeah, who knows? Uh, like I said, I, that's why I want to know. I want to see what type of twists and turns can this story take. Uh, but as the as they are right now, a few weeks from now, when the match happens, Braun Breaker will definitely uh, will, will not be getting the the bulk of the cheers, in my opinion, mm. in L.A. But I guess we'll have to see. Well, that's what we're here for, you know. Like I said, standards deliver coming up soon. Uh, but backstage, Fear Hale found her center with a segment involving Tyler Bates. And I thought, don't you fucking make a love triangle. Leave, <laughs> leave, leave Tyler out of this. He's not interested in Fear. He's all right. Uh, but, of course, she managed to prepare to conquer a great sphere in schism. Unfortunately, doing so cost Andre Chase's match against the factory leader, Joe Gacy. But it was Duke Hudson who took out his professor and the star pupil before storming off. So Duke has had enough. I mean, Chase's story has gone a lot longer than I think both you and I thought it was going to go. And that is down, <laughs> that is down to Duke Hudson in part. I 100% agree. We, I definitely predicted Duke uh, turning on him a long time ago. Uh, but it did not go. It, it didn't go that way, and uh, they seem like you said it's still, still because the story is still. Uh, well, I wouldn't say I don't know about their story with schism, but the Chase U story of whether or not you know who Duke Hudson, Duke Hudson's character. Maybe we're starting to see the facade wear off. It took long enough, so I, I think that was always probably going to be the payoff. The thing that kind of changed things for me was like when Bodie Hayward got got released. I think that kind of made it, it add extra legs on to the story because they needed someone to be a, a partner for Chase and Chase U. Uh, but, you know, again, I think we all know what Duke Hudson is kind of suited, or at least so far from based on what he's shown, who he is. So I think we still were looking forward to this moment. It's just taking a little longer for us to get here. Uh, I definitely didn't think this would be like a stand and deliver time type of feud you know so i don't know we'll see we'll see if it even makes the car <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what happens there uh we get a new vignette from alba fire and Arda dawn who have a fire and what looks like a Ouija board and of course other items that alba's collected in a uh, sorry Isla collected in a box fire says tonight the moon shines above them so tonight they will perform a full moon ritual 
I'm just glad they're getting along. It's nice to see a tag team actually getting along in NXT. <laughs> like, and that's like, what I, I think that's the overarching story right now. I think maybe they're they're only ones that's getting along because their witchcraft is tearing everyone else apart. <laughs> that's what it feels like. But I, I'm definitely compelled myself. I'm compelled <laughs> into six so I can see what's going on because like they they've been my like I told you since I kind of saw that this could be the way that they're deciding to go with them teaming up. You know, who knows? Maybe they're going to add witches or they're just you doing this to manipulate teams so they can become tag champions. Either way it goes, I- I'm excited for it. Yeah, and I mean, Wesley looks like the open challenge is going to happen again. And it looks like it's going to be Axiom. I mean, what match that's going to be? The, <laughs> the North American title as well has been... The consistent high. Most consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Since it's even its inception, go back to Adam Cole, and that's why we keep having ladder matches every six months. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Keith Lee right. and all these great moments. Johnny Gagano's reign. Like it has been with Bello as well. The one thing that keeps us coming back. Yeah, it's, it's a really good version of what we always hear about the Intercontinental Champion. I know the Intercontinental Championship is returning to that glory kind of in a way with Gunther and all of that, but. The history of that belt, we all know it was the workhorse. It was maybe the person who's next up. And if you look at where Melo is, now he's now he's challenging for the NXT championship. And you, uh, all those other North American champions were either eventually or former NXT champions. So it kind of has that same workhorse, very important vibe to it. So I, like you said, the North American uh, championship and so far, the way it's been presented, has been a masterclass when it comes to booking. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And then the main event of Roadblock, NXT Women's Championship, Roxanne Perez versus Miko Satamora. Early grappling gave way to both champion and challenger on a fair share of control. Initially, Perez took the fight to her challenger. Satamora regained control and appeared to have a winning hand at one point, only for her opponent to drape her foot on the book rope and break up the pin. That was after Scorpio rising. Satmore's kicks uh, point during this match. And another thing I really liked <laughs> was Rox trying to respond with strikes. And even at one point, I was going, no, Rox, if you start throwing, Satmore's going to catch you. And it's exactly what she did. You know, it's like right. it was for Miko. <laughs> and it always makes you, you know, kind of fucking pay. Uh, she attempted to step up kick, but the champ dodged and scored the roll up for the victory. Afterwards, Satmore showed Perez respect the championship. You can see how emotional Miko, uh, Miko was as well. And then right. the real story, uh, Perez collapsing uh, with look like shots to the head. Of course, Booker T from the announcement came up to sell concern as they carried her out to the arena into an ambulance. The show went off the air. The old Shawn Michaels angle seemed to work Definitely. there. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> what were your thoughts on the match? And what happened afterwards, because now this puts to stand and deliver its question. And we mentioned earlier Tiffany Stratton, and this could be a perfect way to maybe put, you know, the top on Stratton and Roxanne's not 100%, but maybe looking too far ahead. What were your thoughts on this match first and foremost? Right. Not only uh, possibly put, put uh, like you said, put the strap on Stratton, but it also could be the the opposite of that, like a great way to make it seem like the, the, the great way to stack the odds even more against, you know, the great underdog that is Roxanne. So I've looked at, I've kind of angled that part 
for I've looked at looked at it from a couple of different angles to try to see where we could be going here. But you're 100 percent right. It definitely put stand and deliver into question. And let me complain for a second about how anticlimactic it is to just have championship introductions <laughs> and then you go right to commercial break. <laughs> like, uh, oh, like you hype me up, yeah, and then <laughs> commercials. Like, what the hell? Like, uh, I hate that, but that's it's fine. Uh, besides not liking the timing of that, this was a really hard fought title match. It continued right where they left off, kind of from where they were uh, fighting the last time they went one on one. Uh, Roxy's improvement as a champion was showcased, at least especially in the toughness department. Because like you said, Mako definitely was in her role of being the final boss because she was punishing Roxy at times. And the the strikes to the head. And uh, like I said, Roxy, after a match like that, you can't help but being like, whoa, Roxy's heart and toughness was definitely on display to survive the final boss in this situation. And Mako in re- is in this role of just basically being a test for whoever she fights. Like, I honestly feel like, like she can't do no wrong in that role. Like the, 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 the respect, even when Carter and uh, chance was dealing with, it's like once Mako was involved, all of that heel edge left, <laughs> left them. They, they immediately was humble. Like, Oh, we're sorry. <laughs> we're sorry for what we said to you, Roxy. And you know, so again, <sighs> Uh, she's just so awesome, and I could go on forever about Mako, but what happened after the match, like I said, the shots to the head played into that ending, and, you know, even though she survived the final boss, it definitely was looking pretty pretty, you know, tough there at the end. This is still a strong main event, and uh, uh, even if it, depending on where it goes, I can't wait to see what angle they try to take there. It, at the end of the day, it was still a, a very powerful way to end your show, you know, with the silence and just the very, very, you know, intense feel. It had some people I saw on social media completely convinced and, you know, praying and hoping for her health, which is always, you always, you know, you always have to be just to be safe, just in case it's not, a, you know, a work. But, yeah, it definitely gave me Shawn Michaels vibes as soon as she kind of got up wobbly and the way, you know, it kind of, it gave me that vibe. But still, awesome stuff. And I, I, like you said, it, it leaves you wanting more. It makes you want to come back to check out the next episode to see is the women's champion okay? Yeah, and like I said, it's an excellent point with the you know the kind of concern from the crowd. But again, it's one of these things where I'm not a huge fan of this because, like I said, right? I've seen I've seen it go wrong. You've seen past, it go wrong for real, know, exactly. So, exactly. Uh, it's, it's blurring a line, but again, with Perez and setting up the story and putting over Miko, even defeat, because it's like, yeah, Miko's that more of a loss, but do you see what she did? But with she, champion? Right. Like, look, she <laughs> left the champion unconscious. Like, right. Like, and she was emotional before she kind of had to cry about the ending, but it's just like, I love the shots. Like, I love her be crying because, oh, like, oh, this, this is a very, very great match. I'm proud to have a great match with you. But then at the same time, the the despair of like, oh my god, I probably seriously hurt her. Like that was well done when they kept focusing on how Mako was looking after the fact. But yeah, I, I 100% agree. Uh, I understand exactly where you're coming from about the taste level or the about doing these kind of work shoot. Is they are they really hurt or not type of thing? So yeah, it's always a chance that these things can be realer than it is. So I understand not playing around with it. Yeah, well, we'll look back on the next and these five episodes have actually, you know, there's some updates maybe 
not a lot happens. But as we look towards Stand and Deliver, which is arguably NXT's biggest show of the year, we have got some matches set out for us now. So I'm going to get your thoughts about NXT the past five weeks. I'm going to talk about Stand and Deliver as well, because even in this, we've had Grayson Waller versus Johnny Gagano. We know we're going to get. Of course, uh, we spoke about Ron Breaker versus Carmella Hayes. We know that Tiffany Stratton wants a title shot. It looks like it might be Roxanne Perez, but we still don't know. Dean Gallus, a pretty stone wall. Hopefully, Alba Fire, Nyla Dawn for the Women's Championship as well. Uh, so it has been quite a productive, and I think especially the past two episodes, uh, and especially the episodes started off, like we talked about Wesley, Nathan Fraser, and then main event by Bate and uh, Hayes. It's kind of like an NXT UK hybrid at the moment, and I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought that when uh, the sadness, the despair that you had with NXT UK died, that you would still be able to kind of get your kicks off, you know, watching your NXT now. So, you know, the, I remember us being so somber about that, and it was still a somber uh, enough, you know, it definitely deserved the somberness. But it is kind of cool to see, like you said, just how much of NXT now has been influenced by what NXT UK was. Hell, they're even, like you said, in the tag division, they're even continuing a feud from NXT UK right now. So, uh, yeah, uh, like you said, I, I basically wrote down a lot of the stuff you just said, a lot of those matchups as a as a reason why, from a storytelling standpoint and from a matchup standpoint, I think NXT is on the right track. I mean, like you said, Melo versus Breaker, I've been waiting for that forever. So, you know, just just let me let me see that. Stratton versus Perez, I'm interested in because would would do you prefer Perez on the chase? Would you give Stratton this opportunity uh, right now? Is she ready for it yet? Or uh, will it will the injury from Michael come into play again? Or, or you know what what could possibly happen? JC and Gigi could possibly be closed up by Stratton delivered. We know that's a very personal feud. So if, they, if we do get two women's matches, that will probably uh, or if we do get two or three women's matches, that would be the only other match from a women's division, I can think about making it that far. Uh, but I am hoping for, like, the, I, I wrote down the Wicked Witches <laughs> versus the women's <laughs> division. Because <laughs> it just seems like they're, they're against the entire tag division at this point. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and we all know what the, the actual champs seem to have everything but wrestling going on. So, I mean, come on. I think we all know that the Witches should probably be our new tag champ, but I'm excited to see where that goes. Uh, you have Pretty Deadly and Gallus, JD and Dragunov that probably will be uh, standing deliver weekend or leading government to stand and deliver. So, it, it you know, uh, Gargano and Waller that you mentioned, and even the stories like maybe, let's say, Davicato and Apollo that I'm not interested in, they're, they're still taking the, the next interesting step. You know, uh, whatever Tony D has going on, all of those things are taking logical steps, even the love triangle that I really don't care about. Or is like again decent storytelling. If, even if you're not really invested in it, I understand where they're going. Uh, so I like this batch of episodes uh, for the most part, like you mentioned. And I'm looking forward to what, how standing the what now what is the card going to become, and also the outcome of that card because it's a lot of uh, big decisions that I think those predictions, man, it's going to be tough. I, as much as I would like for us to claim our crown, we're going to have to bring our A games, James, when it comes to predicting NXT, obviously. But, you know, who knows? Depending on the card we get, it could be a very tough prediction show. <laughs> well, the thing is, as well, and not to ruin any of what prediction, there could be all new champions, potentially. Yes. That stand and deliver. 
<laughs> so exactly all be, yeah it's gonna head or heart and it's gonna be very interesting to see uh what happens so i'm gonna decide how we are gonna approach it as well i don't know if we can do an NXT update before i don't know if yeah, we're gonna do the stand yeah. so we're interested to see how we approach it well whether we'll do like we said we'll see what happens uh as it comes along but i think that's it for now and you know when we think about standard deliver we're in a lot better place with excitement than we were before this update. I think it's fair to say, Monty. I agree 100%. I think after uh, taking in everything that they've been doing and, again, watching all the episodes, I couldn't be more excited for the potential of this card because it seems like all the major players that we've come to expect of NXT will be involved in some way, shape, or form. So, uh, again... And now we also have a couple of weeks left to see what will get added because I didn't even mention the North American title. That seemed to be a very, very exciting thing. We may get another ladder match. So, yeah, this could be this is going to be special. This is a special <laughs> time of year right now. And, uh, yeah, man, I can't wait to talk about all of it. Yeah, we will be here to talk about NXT. That is it for today, Len. Don't forget, we're across all social media, Twitter at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNRJR. You can find the entire WNR team on the Twitter banner. Monty, where can people find and hear you? All right, at MindMontyPod on Twitter, or you can type in Mind of Monty on your YouTube or on Google. Click all the links, click my website, uh, go to YouTube, subscribe to the Mind of Monty channel. And uh, yeah, man, I, my most recent episode of the podcast, we broke down the first round of the New Japan Cup. I, I'm caught up. Uh, I have to catch up with what happened this morning because they're they're doing a three day three days in a row type of deal and those are always <laughs> tough, you know, always tough. Uh, but I got us caught up through the through the entire first round. And I'm, next week I'm going to go until the next round all the way up until the 21st when we finish the New Japan Cup and uh, decide who will be next fighting Okada. So check that episode out. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that. We'll check in with the New Japan Cup next month at some time and maybe we'll look at uh, Impact and New Japan show as well but again at this moment in time with Wrestlemania coming up that is all our focus <laughs> if you know right, me, right. You know, listen to Bonnie trust me, trust me. I, I'm taking my notes I'm saving them <laughs> <laughs> with Dublin also on Facebook and Instagram across all good platforms send us an email with Dublin Podcast and gmail.com YouTube with Dublin Podcast we have all latest clips podcasts get at the same time on YouTube to do SoundCloud on your phone, also Spotify and iTunes, you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that's it. Our next episode is one of my favorites of the year Mystery Mania. What WrestleMania would be picked or will be picked next week? We will find out. Of course, we've had so many different WrestleManias. I mean, honestly, not to put you on the spot, but when you think, if I'm thinking about WrestleMania, we mentioned WrestleMania 17 earlier, like what your head is your kind of like WrestleMania moment when you think of one. Oh man, there's so many. Uh, uh, my WrestleMania moment. Yeah, just one. Yeah, just like yeah. you know. Okay, so my WrestleMania moment that immediately comes to mind is one of my favorite childhood memories from one of the best. Even though I know we can't really talk about it that mania as much because of how it ended, but. WrestleMania 20, The Undertaker's return when he was buried alive by Kane, I'll never forget just 
She, I wasn't in Madison Square Garden. Unfortunately, I wasn't lucky enough to be there. But I did buy the pay-per-view back in the day. And, man, when I tell you the chills, that initial entrance when he finally returned to be the dead man after many years of being a badass, uh, that that's the one memory that always that interest when Kane was just looking terrified kind of <laughs> kind of sticks in just kind of sticks out to me immediately. Well, <laughs> I said WrestleMania brings out the best in everybody as well, and um, uh, so if you can just hear the excitement, we'll find out what Mania is next week, sure. and of course we'll have a new WrestleMania at the start of April as well to review WrestleMania 39. How old do I feel right now <laughs> at my first WrestleMania? <laughs> watching live was 15. And now we're on. Th- How did that happen, eh? Wow. I was a wee a great... boy. Broken <laughs> off in main event. Nothing else on the card was worthwhile. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. 15 is kind of only <laughs> special <laughs> for the main event. Uh, well, yeah, speaking but... of that, WrestleMania 2000 was great, but people hated that main event. <laughs> Because it was supposed yeah, to be Rock and Hunter. But, yeah, it was great. And I'm also, WrestleMania 2000 was my first. WrestleMania 2000, weirdly enough, yeah. only one singles match, and that was Miss King versus Terry <laughs> Reynolds. Like, Can you I believe it? I don't believe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A I'm McMahon like, in each corner. Oh, who cares? <laughs> uh, those were the days, weren't they? But like we said, WrestleMania coming up, of course, like next week, and stand and deliver as well. But until then, I've been James right. Reynolds, was joined by the mind of Monty, and it's the update, and it's by. You see, we worry about it, and it just <laughs> goes by, and yeah, we enjoyed it. Every time, every time. I give my John Cena salute to you, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, sir, until next week for Mystery Mania, uh, I said thank you very much, and thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. 